This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We have just been talking about the dangers of canceling elective surgeries and treatments because of the pandemic. And that, of course, includes cancer treatment, which uh, a lot of people would not consider exactly elective. And it seems that with all the preoccupation with COVID-19, we aren't focused on cancer and cancer treatment as much as we would normally be. And in addition to the bad news about delays, there's good news about advances in the treatment of some very difficult forms of the disease. For decades, doctors have mainly been using surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation to treat cancer patients. But the biggest advance in recent years has been with a different type of therapy, immunotherapy. It harnesses the patient's immune system to fight the cancer, and it's particularly successful in treating skin and lung cancer and has great promise with other types of cancer. So how does it work? How has it allowed patients to live longer? Do you have questions about it? Are you maybe or a loved one on immunotherapy? How has it been going? The number is to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now let's go to Dr. Paul Wheatley-Price, medical oncologist at the Ottawa Hospital Centre who specialises in lung cancer. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on your show today. Okay. So uh, I am assuming that despite the pandemic, patients are still getting their immunotherapy treatments, correct? That is right. I think we can be pleased that you know, despite all of the concerns that we've all had, that largely uh, across the country in most centers, cancer treatments, immunotherapies, chemotherapies, which are intravenous treatments, they have been able to to keep going. Um, some adjustments somewhere um, and sometimes in, in the frequency that treatments have been given, but not to any detrimental effect. Mm-hmm. And... Uh... Immunotherapy, uh, explain first of all exactly what it is and how it works. Right. So this has been the biggest change, as you as you um, said in your introduction there. One of the biggest changes in cancer treatment in the last uh, five years or so, immunotherapy drugs are uh, intravenous treatments. They normally take half an hour or so to infuse once every few weeks. And instead of directly looking to destroy cancer cells in the way that traditional chemotherapy has, what they do is they try and get the body's own immune system in the form of T cells uh, to, to ramp up and become activated. So it's called T cell activation. And then those T cells go off searching for the cancer themselves, and then your body's own immune system is able to destroy the cancer. And what's been clever about it is our cancer cells, cancer cells really have been able to hide themselves from the immune system. You know, your, your immune system is meant to be a 
seek and destroy type program. You know, if you get a bacteria or a virus, uh, your immune system activates and goes and seeks seeks that. But cancer cells, they're sneaky, and they they hide themselves from the immune system as though they've got on like an invisibility cloak. Um, and, and what this immunotherapy does, essentially, it means you're taking off that invisibility cloak and allowing those T cells to go in and destroy the cancer. Now, this is kind of an old idea, but it's really been advanced in the last few years. And I believe that to start, the kinds of immunotherapies were uh, what would be called systemic. They were like a carpet bomb. It was your whole immune system, but now they're more targeted or there are different kinds that are more targeted, right? That's right. The the concept of immunotherapy or harnessing the immune system to fight cancer is is an old one. It's been going on for, it's been researched for, for many years and in the form of some vaccines and things, which, um, and, and some of these sort of carpet bomb approaches, the older drugs, uh, ones called interferon and interleukin, which are sort of part of your existing immune system and you just give intravenous doses of it. And they were, you know, at best modestly effective and at worst quite tough to take. Um, these new drugs, we call them checkpoint inhibitors, um, because that um, that uh, that cloak that I kind of alluded to over a cancer cell. You know, another way of imagining that is it's a it's a brake on a car. You've got a car sitting on a hill, and you need the brake to stop the car running, and that's the the, the check on the car is your brake, and it's similar with the immune system. These checkpoints and the these drugs, we sometimes call them checkpoint inhibitors because it's like taking the brake off the car, which is your immune system, which can then start to move and run down the hill and go after the cancer. So these, so, so you're right. Immunotherapy as a concept is old, but checkpoint inhibitors, these new drugs have been the ones that have actually, actually, um, made a difference. And you know, when, when, People hear about harnessing the immune system. It, it sounds to them like something very natural to do and, and uh, benign, but there, there can be some pretty serious side effects from this. There can, but I think, you know, we need to put that in, in context. Uh, generally, for the vast majority of people, these drugs are very well tolerated, very manageable, um, when we've done head-to-head clinical trials where, you know, 100 people with the same condition, half of them will get chemotherapy and half get immunotherapy. Certainly in lung cancer, what we've seen is in, is that immunotherapy more likely to work than the chemo, um, but also has fewer side effects than chemotherapy. So for the vast majority of people, extremely manageable, minor side effects to the point that there are people that I would be nervous about prescribing chemotherapy to. I'd be wondering if they were strong enough, but I'm more comfortable giving immunotherapy to. Interesting. Now, they, they can have more severe side effects. We shouldn't get away from that. That's like you can get severe side effects from a Tylenol. I mean, that's very, very rare, of course. But um, immunotherapy side effects tend to be when that T-cell activation, that immune ramp-up, um, doesn't just go after the cancer cells, but can can also go after some other part of the body. So, for example, if it went after your skin, you'd, you'd get a big red itchy rash. Um, 
uh, and it, it can do that to just about any organ. If it was on, if if your if your bowel, for example, got targeted, you, people get diarrhea. So yes, you can get side effects. Generally, quite manageable and generally quite mild. Now. The most successful immunotherapies are for lung cancer and skin cancer, especially melanoma, which would have been a death sentence before, and and a lot of people are surviving now. That's right, yes. Melanoma, um, when it was diagnosed at an advanced stage, uh, up until immunotherapy really had no good treatment options that would give you much confidence and lung cancer is the most common cancer in Canada, nearly 30,000 cases diagnosed this year. Um, and still, unfortunately, just about half of everybody diagnosed with lung cancer is at an advanced stage, um, which is not generally considered curable. So there you've got one disease which is which didn't really have good treatment options, and then another which is the most common um, and suddenly now there's effective treatment. So so this means that thousands of lives are being impacted in a positive way. And we're now seeing immunotherapy in, in bladder cancer and kidney cancer and cancers of the head and neck area and Hodgkin's disease and, and, and being studied in, in, in just about every type of cancer, to be honest. That's right. And have you uh, figured out why it works for some cancers and not others? That's a that's a terrific question. Um, the short answer is no, but the more positive answer is there's a whole lot of uh, work and science going into this to try and figure out why some cancers are um, very responsive to immunotherapy and others are not. Uh, and even within melanoma or, or lung cancer, which is my area, why why do some people with lung cancer respond extremely well to immunotherapy and, and others n- not so much. Um, we've got some idea of that by doing some chemical tests on the lung cancer cells to give us a guide as to who uh, can manage to have a high chance of success with immunotherapy on its own and and who might need a combination of immunotherapy and chemotherapy to, to make things work. Let's take a call from Rob Berry in Beaverton. Hello, Rob. Hi, how you doing? Fine, how are you? Uh, well, uh, thanks to Dr. Wong and uh, that therapy. Okay, uh, tell us. So, what are you what are you on, and and what what's your diagnosis, and how are you doing? I uh, started as throat cancer, but spread to bone cancer and small C lung cancer, and I'm on um, Nivol uh, Lab, I think. Dr. Nivol- yes, Nivolumab. Yeah, I actually go in again on Friday for a treatment. And uh, things were bleak, I thought, before uh, I started this. I um, uh, A great improvement, I have to admit. Um, and it's working on my bone cancer, too. Um, I was down to using a wheelchair to get around the hospital. And uh, with the radiation and then uh, the immunotherapy, um, I feel, you know, 90% better. I don't know if that's the way to put it, better. Um I know the guy's name was uh, Jim Allison, I think, that uh, pushed. Oh, right. He's one of the discoverers. Yeah, he won the Nobel Prize, I believe, in uh, 2000, was it 18? Yeah, and and, uh, have you had side effects? 
Uh, personally, no. Uh, I've been very lucky. I'm keeping. A, I just started keeping a little journal. I, I, I'm going to be talking to uh, Doctor. Oh no, sorry, Doctor uh, Hassan. At South Lake, I got I to gotta say that um, is my. Uh, I call him. I still call him a chemo doctor. You know. Oh, that's that's okay. So you're doing well with it. How long have you been on it? Uh, oh, since uh, July, I guess. I July, I believe I started. I mean, yeah. The end of July. Okay. Well, yeah, and uh, I just wanted to say though that uh, that uh, the, the treatment is uh, it, it, it it treated me very well. Phone me at home with good news about it uh, shrinking, and uh, gives you a little more confidence when they call you at home and say the results are really uh, good. You know, it's 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 always really good to hear stories like that. Rob, thank you very much for your call. Yeah, thank you, and thanks to the, everybody at uh, South Lake. Okay. Thank you. Uh, bye-bye. I'm going to go right to the phones, and uh, let's take a call from Tony in Toronto. Hello, Tony. Oh, hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I First, I'd like to say you're a fantastic interviewer. You Thank always you. ask the right questions. Oh, fantastic. that's very nice of you. Thank you. you. Uh, I guess I'm looking for a miracle uh, for my mother. Uh, she's been diagnosed. Well, she has um, ovarian cancer. I'm sorry, I'm a little nervous. Sorry to hear that. And they that. gave her a month to live. Oh, no. Yeah. So um, I'm wondering, is it too late? Is it possible that the immunotherapy can, they won't do the chemo, like the doctor said, or radiation? And, um, and so basically, um, we're, you know, we're looking for, I guess, a miracle, as I said. Uh, the other question is, I've been di- uh, diagnosed uh, with prostate cancer. I'm wondering if that, if you can answer two, if not, it's okay. My mother would be important. Um, um, if that can be worked for a prostate cancer, unfortunately, in our family, we have a lot of cancer. And so um, we donate uh, we have, uh, to Princess Margaret our blood to study it, you know, because a lot of us have died with cancer, uncles, aunts, et cetera, et cetera. So my question is immunotherapy for my mom, ovarian cancer, and apparently that's spread to two or th- there's two or three tumors and they can't just treat it. If it was one, they said they could do it, but now because it's spread. Uh, so that's that's my question. Okay, I'll let the doctor answer. Thank you, Tony, and Thank I'm you. sorry to hear about Thank your you. mom and your own diagnosis. Thank you. Dr. Doctor Wheatley-Price? Yeah, hi, Tony. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about about your mom and, uh, and what you're facing, too. Um, you know, immunotherapy, despite all the positive things I've been saying about all the cancers where it is working, it, it's not yet approved in um, or proven in every type of cancer. Um, I should probably avoid getting into specifics about your mom or you without you know knowing details of your cases, um, but there have been a lot of advances in ovarian cancer and in prostate cancer with, with other forms of cancer therapies. So while we've seen some huge advances in melanoma and lung cancer with immunotherapy, there are also other novel treatments which may be an opportunity or an option for for you or or your mother. Um, And there is no harm at all, uh, really, for anyone listening, if you are facing a cancer diagnosis and you have questions about new treatments that you've heard about, you know, ask your oncologist and... um, you know, even if the answer is is no, it's not doesn't work in this particular situation. Um, you know, don't leave those questions unasked. Uh, and 
a couple of other things. I mean, in some cases, maybe you want to ask uh, if there are any clinical trials. Now, you know, people who do clinical trials, they do it to help others generally because it's not necessarily going to help you. That's another option. And the other thing I'd say to Tony, that if he is uh, in contact with Princess Margaret, they would know. Um, I don't think that they would miss if there if there was something that they could do in in any form of treatment. You know, it, they would know about it there. I'm I'm sure. For, for sure, and you know, one mentioned about clinical trials uh, is, um, you know, immunotherapy uh, has got to where it has now because people went into clinical trials. And if your mother's at Princess Margaret, you know, that's obviously one of the leading cancer centers in the world and certainly in, in, in Canada. And I did part of my training there, you know, very active in clinical trials. So that's another great point. Libby, to, to ask about what those opportunities are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, frankly, some clinical trials have, have been cut back because of the pandemic, but there's still some going on. Well, actually, they were. Um, back in March, a lot of clinical trials really um, uh, were put on hold. But I think most cancer centers now, certainly in Ottawa, we're, we're um, pretty much fully back up to speed now with clinical trials. And I think most centers are. So those options should be, should be available if there's something that's a good fit. Okay. Um, let's take a call from Luigi in Toronto. Hi, Luigi. Hello, Sid. Libby, I'm sorry. <laughs> can you hear me clearly? I can. Go ahead, please. Very good. I turned off my speakerphone. Okay. Very shortly. I've been on uh, pembrolizumab. I was started on pembrolizumab back in October of 2018. I've had 18 administrations a day, one every three weeks. Now, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. For lung cancer. Yeah, that's right. Squamous type, non-small cell cancer, which makes a big difference, as I'm sure the doctor that you have on your program will uh, confirm. Uh, is better to have than small the small variety. But at, at any rate, uh, I, my last administration was in January, and then when COVID came along, uh, that complicated things. So uh, I've, I've had 18 administrations to date. Now, he was talking about side effects. I just wanted to add, because uh, this did not happen immediately, but uh, coming starting in October, we go through until April, and I have... Uh, I got, according to the final report, when I was put on Synthroid, because my uh, TSH, which is the thyroid hormone that is uh, produced by the thyroid gland, my thyroid gland was, according to the final report, quote, uh, immunologically induced hypothyroidism. So uh, this is one of the side effects that are there for life. Because um, the my what they call the TSH skyrocketed from 1.0 over the course of um, not too many weeks. But is it controlling? To is right it, off, right off the Richter scale. It, We're looking in 19s and 20s. Is it? Uh, is it? Is it controlling your lung cancer? What? The therapy. The pembrolizumab. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. And how do you feel generally? Um. Hmm. <laughs> Well, generally, I'm certainly feeling better, um, but it's been, you know, months now. I'm talking about right now as we speak. 
but the symptoms uh, are very much like what the doctor uh, described, uh, like a tremendous itching on the back, right from my buttocks to the base of my neck. It just to drive me crazy, so intense, it's unbelievable. But um, I, I used uh, something applied topically that uh, kind of tamed it, and then it just disappeared. Okay. I've also had radiation therapy to the lung stereotactic, what they call stereotactic uh, body radiation therapy, and I've also had surgery on three occasions. L- Luigi. Yes. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm 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 out of time. Uh, yes. I appreciate you calling in, and I'm glad to hear that it's controlling your cancer. It's great. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, we only have time for a final word from Doctor Paul Wheatley Price. And does does it mean that patients have to be on this for? Uh, lengthy periods of time or for the rest of their lives? The main hesitancy is, of course, around is a safe. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Dr. Price. Yeah, I was just going to say to you from Luigi's comments there, um, the thyroid gland is a possible side effect of immunotherapy, but generally very easy to manage. And relative to, you know, not controlling the cancer, it's I don't think it's not as consequential. That's but, right. It's a know, daily he, pill. Yeah, it's a daily yeah. pill and, yeah. and, and pretty straightforward. But actually, you know, he's not been on treatment for a, for a while now, I think, what we heard. And, and what we're seeing now is people who respond well to immunotherapy, they don't need to stay on it for a long time. And we haven't quite yet figured out what the optimal duration that should be on treatment is. But for people who complete a course of immunotherapy, they can, and the cancer still under control. We're seeing now people live for years after that without needing any more treatment. So it really has changed uh, lives. And stage four squamous cell lung cancer that Luigi was talking about, you know, used to be that the average life expectancy would be less than a year. And now we're seeing people you know, with immunotherapy, we're seeing many people, not all, but many live for many years and live well. Well, you know, I think that's a good note to wrap things up on. Thank you so much, Dr. Paul Wheatley-Price. Thank you. Okay. And that is all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.